celebrating diversity in thought, music, and love, where your stories are told in unison. The most loving words that we can say, and we say it so bold. This is 90.1 KPFT Houston. Welcome home. This is Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say on the air. Tuning you into the Latino literary renaissance in all its splendor. Interviews, teatro, rap, fiction, poetry, memorias, composer spotlights, and more. Always mas. so much for electing Nuestra Palabra, Latino Writers Heaven, your say, presidents of your imagination. Thanks for tuning in to us for art, literature, and culture on Election Day. You've only got about an hour left to make your voice heard. Maybe you're listening to us there in line, or maybe you're listening to us well after these events have taken place and transpired. We are, after all, archived by the University of Houston Digital Archives. So you may be coming back to see how we reveal the future because we have time machines. You know that. Verbs are time machines and we use them all the time. But we're not going to let on that easily. As we make you sweat and as we make you feel happy for showing up at the last minute to vote but still getting in there because it is a low turnout, 
We're going to be bringing you art, literature, and culture as we always have, despite all the rulers <laughs> and every administration. Today on the radio program, International Poetry by Josue Gabriel de Montemayor. We have got excerpts from his book as well as a chat with him. He's talking about his new work, Luna Pop, <laughs> which is really fun, cool, and you're going to enjoy that. And then also, we'll be talking film. A lot of our friends are becoming even more famous. So, Ben De Soto has a whole documentary that talks about his work and legacy. Ben De Soto is featured in the documentary For Art's Sake. And we're going to tell you when there's a premiere film screening. Of course, unlike writing a novel, you got to have a lot of other people help you in the creation of the genre of film. So we're talking to Andre Benavides as well as Michael Witness Zapata. And we'll have the star himself, Bente Kumse de Soto, live in the studio. And, of course, at the top of the show, I will be sharing the latest installment of Cultural Capital. This one's called The Ceramic Ceiling. But right now, let's introduce our senators and ambassadors and <laughs> mayors of Latinx Lit. Hey, this is Tony Diaz, President Libro Traficante. Hey, yo, what's up? This is Q. And this is Marlon. <laughs> Raquel and actually Letty will be helping out with the election broadcasting coverage right after our show and of course the early voting will be released first I, I, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat I think this is going to be a nail biter so I'm glad I voted early I'm glad you're voting now I'm not going to chastise you for waiting too long folks I'm glad you got it done but the turnout's going to be really low, and I think um, there's going to be a big impact all across the board. I will say this before I get into um, today's installment of Cultural Capital. I have never known personally this many folks running for office. I know um, almost three dozen folks running for office. I'm not talking about Noam because I shook their hand and met them once. I mean, like, have known them for years. So I think this is a turning point. I'm excited about... Folks running for office, you know, not not all of them are going to win. I really appreciate them sticking their necks out, their time, energy, and being subject to public scrutiny. I admire that. It ain't easy, so hats off to them. I think we owe it to them to, to vote, to get involved. And, uh, again, I think this is a turning point, and I hope that each each election cycle will all know more folks who, who get involved. I don't know. Do you know any folks running for office? I do not. Well, we're going to change that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll make sure to work on that. Now, today, though, I want to talk about the ceramic ceiling. If you are subscribing to the Nuestra Palabra email blast, you got this first at 2 p.m. today. Perhaps you checked it out on our social media, either Facebook or Twitter. But we also get to share it on the air. Now, at least the metaphor of the glass ceiling has been shattered into a cliche. Unfortunately... The structural oppression remains. And it's, once again, up to we Latinos to sweep up the mess. Now, don't get me wrong. At its peak, the metaphor of the glass ceiling did its job. It showed people that the corporate ladder had a limit. There was a barrier that could not be seen, but that nonetheless kept some people from climbing the ladder of success. Yes, that metaphor was smashed, which means... A few people got through, enough to either actually address the barriers or as many that could during the lifetime of the potency of a metaphor. So the metaphor is dead. The oppression has morphed, especially for Latinos. Our ceiling is not made of glass. Our ceilings are very visible, but they are perceived as natural containers over us. In other words, our barriers are perceived as plain old roofs. The mainstream not only sees them, but thinks that they're perfectly appropriate. They make sense to them. And after a while, the sad part is, then they make sense to us. The barriers to our success are like ceramic, hard, colorful, and people think they are exotic to match us. People see our barriers, but don't feel them as plateaus preventing us from climbing. Some people even think 
we should be happy to have those roofs over our heads. Worse, we're the ones who can't be seen, who are ignored. If you can't see us, our barriers are also less likely to be perceived. You don't imagine us at all. So if you can't imagine us as intellectuals, you can't picture us hitting barriers as thinkers, artists, writers, but those barriers are there. This is yet another reason we need poets and writers. We expose the scaffolding. scaffolding. The same people who want to pretend to understand us will pretend to really need a concrete definition of what this means. Or worse, they'll want to invest in a study to quantify it. Evidently, the explanations we've given for decades have not been sufficient. The struggle that we wear on our backs and on our skins is not enough. So here's just a few statistics that I've lived. Here's just a few numbers that I've pounded out with my blood and bones. I found the Nuestra Palabra Latino writers having their say in 1998 because there were not enough Latino writers. Here's the bad news. There still aren't enough. Some things for writers have even gotten better. Some things have actually gotten worse. In 2012, Arizona banned Mexican-American studies. This is a blatant example of structural discrimination. Our community pulled its community cultural capital to contain and overturn that racist law. But the fact that it even happened, and that most folks still don't know it happened, is a glaring example of structural discrimination as indicated in the court ruling overturning that terrible law. If those examples are not clear enough for you, nothing will open your eyes. So here's something more subtle. I'm on TV. I'm on radio. I'm on the radio right now with you. I'm nationally published. But I promise you, there's very few places for a Chicano to write about this, let alone for our community to talk about this. The mainstream world expects Latinx writers to write about just two or three topics. And we're supposed to write about them in just two or three different ways. And all Latino writers are supposed to get in line and wait to be assigned those same stories. And they can starve to death or decide to change careers as they wait in line and grow old. And similar traps for our playwrights, comedians, Actors are dragging them all into the abyss. Latino artists and intellectuals have hit the ceramic ceiling. But we must write about cultural capital and other topics that will help us overcome. Why ceramic? We make the tiles and we lay the tiles. Nowadays we architect, design, and sell the building too. You can add a similar situation for all the other industries from education to news to television and so on and so on and so on and so on. For those of us who have been in the struggle for a long time, it's frustrating to have to bring up the same issues again and again and never have them addressed or worse to have the topics watered down for clickbait. It's as if those of us who are in the struggle for identity have mastered multivariable, multivariable calculus. But the leaders of mainstream industries are on basic math when it comes to identity. That means that even the most well-intentioned and accomplished editor, director, chief executive officer, who is on simple math when it comes to identity, can only imagine us for different versions of the same two or three stories in their heads for us or the same mid-level position involving Latino out outreach. Some people may ask, does rep representation really matter? What role does it play in the real world besides on merit? Let me put it this way and let me wrap this up really specifically. Donald Trump became president because people recognize his name from his days as a reality television show. We have not had a similar commercial for our work. Donald Trump had decades-long commercials for his path to power. We do not. Now, our attempt to address that has been for all this time to bring you art, literature, and culture, which is what we're going to do. We want to let you know, too, that we also promote all types of other events across the board. want to definitely let you know about the Latina Con going on this weekend. Check out the interview tonight with them on my Facebook Live, Tarot Quillen. 
T-E-R-R-E-L-L-Q-U-I-L-L-I-N. I will have Edna and a few other people from the event in the building live talking to them. So if you have questions, go there. Submit your questions. We can definitely chit-chat and talk about it. And I tell you what, that's a whole other field of topics and questions that we can't even get to right now. So please do tune in and, and get to Latina Con. The other thing I want to add, that's what it takes. We didn't even have room in the lineup today to have them on board. Thanks for helping us and, and Marlene and Letty for getting them. We're going to have them on next week. But the point here is there's so much going on. We need yeah. even more media. Right, right. To cover you it, it again. all. You say it again. <laughs> we need even more media <laughs> to cover it all. And we're trying to respond to all of that. And, of course, at the same time, cultivate writers, thinkers, yeah. intellectuals. I want to I go back to what you said about representation. I heard something very fantastic. You know, I, something I would say to somebody who's like, do you really think representation matters? I would ask them, if you had a daughter, how would you feel if I was controlling the images that she saw describing her, talking about her, showing her about life? You, you wouldn't. And that's kind of what we're talking about with representation. I think if you give them those anecdotes and metaphors, that kind of helps them see it from a different perspective, you know? No, that's a great point. And I think that's really what we're trying to do is give people tools to get that across. And it's going to take yeah, a lot of people working on it. I think we'll get there. For sure. And we're blessed to have 100,000 watts to share that information with you. We're going to take a musical break, and we're going to come back with poet Josue Gabriel Montemayor as we talk about his new book, Luna Pop. Stay tuned.
And you're experiencing Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say on the air, giving you deep thoughts and dope sounds. We're giving you the soundtrack to a revolution. Yo, Q and Letty, you guys are lighting it up with yeah, the that music. Yeah, we were just talking about that That song, Jams. I didn't pick it. Shout out to Letty for picking that. Thank you, Letty. Cool. And I know I know we're, we're giving you topics that you're not going to hear on other stations. We're giving you poets. What? You don't hear music. poets anywhere. And dope music that you're not getting anywhere else. I do want to give a special shout-out to the writers from Lone Star College, Houston North. Como están? Thanks for tuning in. Shout-out. And alma mater right there. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. nice. But it was back when it was uh, uh, North Harris. Oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. See, all our paths are linked. Same and uh, looking forward to having some of the writing on the air. Next up, we'll be talking about the book Luna Pop. And joining us by telephone is Josue Gabriel Montemayor. Hey, are you on the line, Josue? Oh, very cool. Hey, right. como estas? Uh, looking forward to having some writing on the air. Where are you calling in from? By telephone. Estoy en Dallas, Texas. Estás en Dallas? Ah, qué bueno, te perdonamos. Está bien, está bien. So, <laughs> so, uh, right now, right now, joining us on the Magic Talk Phone Line, I think he's doing his own podcast because I can hear him. Yeah, I can hear him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, uh, for him in English, we're doing it in Spanish too because the the book of poems is in Spanish. But uh, Josué was born in Monterrey, eso Monterrey, and he studied business administration. But his real passion was literature, and so many people do find the real path at some point. He has written <laughs> four books, published, and has participated in four anthologies. And one of them is the Anthology of American Poets, published by the Library of the United States, Library of Congress of the U.S. He's actually done four readings for the International Poetry Festival in Austin, and he's also participated in several poetry festivals. I think he has us on the air in the background, so um, let's see. Also, we are uh, happy to have you on the air because you've also participated in uh, readings in Arizona, as well as the Dallas Book Fair several years ago, and you were the founder and director of the International Letra y Musica Festival of Latin American Poets. Now, I think the, the other cool thing, too, is you not only create poetry, but you also create ways for other writers to express their work. You've got 23 years of newspaper and magazine experience and journalism work, including operations manager of Miss Musica TV, Caballero Television, and you were a host and producer of several TV shows on Univision Telemundo and uh, TV Azteca, also doing radio work as well. And of course, you're also the creator of different characters, as, such as Pancho Huelga Migra, <laughs> which, which is part of a, also part of your new work. But today we're talking about you as a poet, and I love your work for Luna Pop. So, bienvenido. Gracias por llamar. Muchas gracias, Tony. Este, gracias a toda la gente, a todo el equipo. No, y te felicito por la nueva obra y también espero que en unos momentos vas a poder uh, uh, compartir uno de los poemas uh, en vivo. Yo tengo algunas favoritas. Uh, I don't know if you like to read as mucho y no es tan tan caro. <laughs> that, that was one of, that's one of my favorite ones. And so, eso, control machete. What's so much fun too is la gente cuando piensa en poesía a veces creen que es algo muy formal o muy antiguo, pero tú es muy corriente con temas y estilo también. ¿Es algo importante para ti co combinar todo eso? Claro, eh, la poesía ahorita tiene que tener este todo lo que estamos viviendo día con día. Eh, es imposible escribir como escribían, como acabas de decir tú, como escribían antes, ¿no? porque se vuelve aburrido, eh, ya no hablamos así inclusive. ¿Verdad? Qué, qué ahorita, bueno. Ahorita tenemos que meter eh, todo, o sea, por ejemplo, para, para estar aquí contigo escuchando el programa, tengo una aplicación, tengo un podcast y tengo el website. Nice. Entonces, entonces este, eso mismo, esas mismas cosas tenemos que incluir ahora en nuestros poemas eh, todo lo que estamos viviendo y haciendo eh, es parte de, de, de eso, ¿no? Y, y este libro de Luna Pop habla sobre los primeros 25 años que, que tuvo el, el movimiento de rock en Monterrey, el famoso rock regio o avanzada regia, 
y es un es un homenaje a los primeros discos, a los primeros trabajos musicales de, de toda esa generación, que es mi generación también, y no de músico, sino como escritor, como poeta, eh, estuve ahí, incluso con muchos de ellos, comparto una amistad todavía hasta el día de hoy, algunos este como el Gran Silencio, eh, Tony, el vocalista del Gran Silencio, y Vero Lazos, una de las vocalistas de la, de la Verbena Popular, presentaron el libro en Monterrey hace unos meses, entonces me, me siento Super muy cool. contento. Yeah. <ríe> Genial. Bueno. Sí, y así es, entonces, este pero sí, es, es verdad lo que dices, tenemos que incorporar las todo lo que está pasando ahorita en, en, en la poesía para hacerla viva y hacerla actual. Y mira, no, me encantaría hablar mucho de, de estas diferentes um, puntos de vista acerca de la poesía, pero también no quiero quitar mucho tiempo de, de, de para darte para compartir uno de estos poemas, pero sí quiero decir que yo creo que a lo mejor llegas a este punto de vista porque sí tienes experiencia como escritor, en televisión, como locutor, y, y tú crees que es su influencia porque también la poesía que escribes es potente, simplemente por el lenguaje, la imagen, pero también le traes ese otro toque. ¿Tú crees que te ha servido esos otros ambientes? Totalmente, totalmente. De hecho, este libro está es un homenaje indirecto a mi carrera como en los medios, en, en, en la televisión, en la, en la radio y, y en la prensa, que seguimos hasta ahorita escribiendo. Acabo de entrevistar a Alejandro González, el baterista de Maná, que va a estar acá en, en Texas otra vez. Dallas y Houston creo van a estar este nuevamente... Y, y sigo, seguimos escribiendo todo el tiempo y mucho de lo que yo escribo es sobre música. Entonces, este libro era 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 imposible no que, que no saliera la música. Me sale por todos lados la música. That's so cool. Y, y mira, también quiero... Quiero hacer la gente entender que estamos en tantas plataformas en este momento. Entonces tú dices que ahí tienes tu, tu uh, webcast going, uh, the Facebook Live. Estamos en el radio aquí en FM en, uh, en Houston, Texas. Tal vez lo vamos a poner en nuestro SoundCloud, es que va a ser podcast también. <ríe> es un libro, porque también es un tipo de medio, ¿verdad? El, el <ríe> tipo de medios antes. Y estamos hablando de poesía de música, entonces yo creo que es como genial que, que todo eso se mezcla porque eso es, uh, mira, antes decían que era borroc, uh, también los chicanos decían que éramos la raza uh, cósmica, también los mexicanos decían co raza cósmica, yo creo que todos esos son nuestro DNA, yo creo, you know? y tu poesía habla de eso, yo creo. Totalmente, eh, en la presentación en Monterrey, un, un grupo de teatro este, hizo la presentación en base a los textos y los adaptó. Este libro que, que tienes tú, que te, que te pasé a dejar eh, hace un par de semanas, el Luna Pop, lo hicieron, hicieron una obra de teatro. Entonces tiene mucho, tiene mucho potencial el, el, la, la poesía. Eh, o sea, no podemos olvidar a, a Federico García Lorca, que era, mm. escribía excelentes obras de teatro y era un excelente po poeta, ¿no? Está muy ligada la poesía contra con, con todo, eh, aunque aunque parezca que no, en realidad está inmersa en todos en todos los aspectos, no nada más de la literatura, sino en todas las artes está está mezclada. Love it. Bueno, quisiera hablar más de esto, pero let's get to the poems. Uh, okay. ¿Cuál cuál quieres compartir? Y, y by the way. There's a lot of bad words and sex in these poems, <laughs> so we want to protect our FCC, our FCC license. Uh, and I love that you might do tribal in bachata and regatón también, pero just be careful a little bit. <laughs> just be a little bit careful for us. Okay, okay. Suéltate, uh, mano. <laughs> vamos a leer, vamos a leer ese que te gusta, este, el de, uh, es mucho y no es tan caro. De... Ese, ese está dedicado al, eh, al primer disco de... Bueno, to, todos, los, todos los textos están dedicados al primer disco de cada grupo, que muchos conocen, como Kinky, como El Gran Silencio, como Plastilina Mosh, o el mismo este uh, Genitalica, que todavía también eh, está muy, muy, muy padre ese. Y este que es para este el... 
Lo estoy buscando, perdón. Este... Um... Página 14. Página 14, sí. Estoy. Ay, ay, ay. Ok. Y este que está dedicado a control machete. Um, dice, es mucho y no es tan caro. El humo entra, bifurca a la señorita virginal, parte en dos desde el ruedo a la plaza de toros Lorenzo Garza un domingo cualquiera y provoca el escindir de un reino como el río Bravo divide a los mexicanos de la República Mexicana y los Estados Unidos. Ahora tengo afilado el espíritu y la lluvia arrecia sobre mi espalda. El filo lo tengo también en mis ojos. Date cuenta, hay fuego por doquier. Date cuenta, la ferocidad emana de mis manos. Date cuenta que mi sangre corre con violencia. Date cuenta, por fin, que después del filo viene el frío y es el frío que le sonríe a la negra señora de la noche nocturna, del oscuro nocturnal, como un avión estrella inesperadamente su estructura en el en la pista de aterrizaje, como el favor corrupto por abajo de la mesa de pinos, los enanos, como las góndolas que vuelan por todo Valle Grande y Rey Silla y el machete labra universidades, como las letritas de advertencia sobre efectos secundarios y otras precauciones en las medicinas de la farmacia que nadie lee y todo mundo luego lamenta en el funesto funeral familiar. ¡Ay, qué, ay, qué familión! De la misma manera vengo a tirarte, vengo dispuesto a arruinar tu vida con mis armas. Tengo una gran sonrisa, se me escapa una leve mueca de lado. Me estoy, me estoy riendo de la tanta risa que me da reírme tanto. Este, esto lo decía el piporro. En, 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 en alguna de sus películas, ¿no? Es un Por eso está entre comillas, es una frase del piporro. Te tumbé, derribé tus bríos y me, y me alegra. Ahora voy a festejar alcohol, cebada y lóculo, agua agria de ebriedad. El humo entra de nuevo, humo verde por amorío verde. La celebridad en mi vida no existe porque ayer se me olvidó el pasado, y el mañana me parece tan aburrido que me quedo en la amalgama construida con el propósito de protegerme de los enfados del tiempo. Me he acercado al precipicio, pero aún estoy lejos de haber probado mis límites. Me acerqué, pero justo ahí caí en la cuenta que nunca voy a caer. Me lo llevo leve, tan así que tan, tanta levedad viene disminuyendo poco a segundo mi ritmo. Y así se sigue el... el, el el, este, el poema, ¿no? Se vuelve el humo, ronda la guarida de mis agujeros negros, ronda la fiesta, ronda la niña, ronda el tequila, ronda el mezcal, ronda la verde, ronda el azul, ronda la blanca, ronda eh, tu madre, y la, 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 y el gusano nunca se acabe. <risa> el humo, este humo, uno que acaba y me aclara, que me aspira y me exhala que planea crear orificios en cada pétalo respiro de tus vidrios. Este humo. Lejos estoy desde el, el principio, estrella nocturna que ansía aminoácidos, burdel marino de córneas rojizas, imprudentes sexoservidoras, verdes praderas y completas solo para mí. Dibujos animados para adultos, sonetos lúgubres en bellas artes, barricadas contra santos, Hermosas cuchilladas estancadas en corazones baratos, cráneos esparcidos después de los discursos políticos, moscas atrapadas en los túneles de una hambruna africana, reptiles a lo largo y ancho de la sociedad. Te voy a pisar, te voy a violar, te voy a usar y luego tirar, vengo del vacío a caerte encima. Tatuaré en ti el olvido, el llanto y la desmesura, borrar tu nombre, mi adicción, desquebajar tu moda, mi ambición, abrir las puertas a los lobos, para que se satisfagan contigo mi anhelo. Al final mi risa será tu último sonido. Imagino que sabes quién soy y a lo que me refiero, pero si aún vives en tu ignorancia, soy el oro rojo que fuman tus ojos y vengo por ti. Dedicado al control machete, los amigos del control que, que este, en, en aquellos años yo los conocí por separado antes de que, antes de que formaran este, sus grupos, yo tenía un bar en Monterrey donde tocaban muchos de sus grupos y bueno, pues ahí los conocí y después, bueno, ya cuando hicieron el grupo, este ya todo el mundo sabe la historia, ¿no? Sí, no, claro. 
Super cool poema. No, y claro, también te felicito porque también el lenguaje es potente. Really strong uh, imagery, word usage, uh, the line breaks. Pero al mismo tiempo también es super cool con referencias y, y también los juegos de lenguaje e imagen. So, very, very cool. Cuéntanos de tu gira. ¿Vas a llegar a Houston de gira? ¿Cuáles ciudades te quedan y vas a traer el, uh, el gran silencio contigo también para acá? <risa> Sería fenomenal invitar a los muchachos, este, pero bueno, pues ellos tienen su propia agenda y tienen bastante bastante trabajo. Yo tengo este otro personaje que, que salió de un libro que se llama Pancho Huele Migra, que, que es el que sí me encantaría presentar en alguno de los foros que tienen por allá en Talento Bilingüe, donde se pueda, porque es un performance eh, poético musical y, y bueno, pues... Eh, Armé todo un disco con, con poemas y, y otras este pues otros que no son poemas pero son 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 discursos de, de, de todo lo que le pasa a un migrante no fantástico fantástico well, esperamos que, que llegues aquí de gira y uh, sí. congratulations on your book keep us posted and continue success gracias amigo Muchas gracias, Tony, uh, a todos allá y les mando un fuerte abrazo. Los quiero mucho. Gracias. Unidos. Thank you. You are listening to Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say. We just had some excerpts from Luna Pop by Jose Gabriel de Montemayor. Really cool references, too, with a lot of the rock and español uh, giants and greats, but a lot of cool, fun language and all over social media. We're going to take a musical break. And speaking of... Uh, cool rock in Espanol. We'll talk more music in a little bit as we talk to our friend Ben De Soto and the folks that were pivotal in making the documentary for art's sake. You listen to Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having to say on the air. show is lighting it up with the music we've had like some really dope sounds we just lit it up with the hate and uh the vatos wanted to talk about the hate first uh one of those bands because it's a local band uh we have in the studio with us we have andrew benavides thanks for coming yes thank you for having us and then of course el mero mero benta cumse de soto welcome back to nuestra palabra thank you so much for letting me come back and <laughs> we, we won't explain. <laughs> Maybe later, yeah. And then also joining us 
on the rate on the uh, phone is Michael Witness Zapata. Are you there, Michael? Yes, sir. What's going on, everybody? Fantastic. Yo, Mano, I don't know how you're going to get a word in with these two guys because we've been already with chatting, <laughs> chatting, <laughs> chatting a mile a minute. Let's do this first, though. Let's tell folks about the screening. Let's make sure we get – just so you know, supposedly you got to mention things five times in radio for people for it to sink in. So let's do the first – when's the first mention of when the film screening is? Uh, tomorrow, actually. Actually, 24 hours away. Oh, my goodness. The, uh, gallery doors we'll know who the mayor is, too. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, so tomorrow, 8 o'clock. At the Match Theater. Match Theater. Oh, you guys are spending some money. Okay. okay but, but first and foremost, I want to mention that the gallery opens at 7, so please uh, come early. That way you can check out some of Ben's work. We have a, a small gallery there and a couple art pieces. Really nice. Yes. yes. Oh, very so cool. So it's going to be special for the folks, and we have a couple of drink sponsors out there. Come mix, mingle, I ask do. questions. I some body. Come I out. Body. All come right. Out. And most folks probably know that Match Theater is at 3400 Main Street, not too far from the studio. Mm-hmm. Parking is nearby. So uh, that that's very cool. Go check that out. Um, Andrew, why did you want to talk about The Hate? And that, that was dope. I wasn't, I'm not familiar with that band. That was dope. Yeah, The Hates. So The Hates um, is a band that's special to uh, the city of Houston. They're a punk band, uh, and they've uh, been with the city for – well, Ben actually got to photograph them a while back and I thought it was uh Michael and myself thought it was a good idea to involve them uh in the documentary so when you watch the documentary it starts off real subtle and quiet and then we just pound you with <laughs> that song you just heard and you know honestly just involving anybody from the city of Houston in the project was uh very special to me and Michael and you know we decided to go with them uh I asked Christian himself and he, I showed him the intro of it, and he was like, yeah, dude, go for it. Go ahead and put the song in there. That's very cool. And Ben actually shot, used to photograph them back in, what, 1980? Yeah, the summer of 1980 when I first started taking pictures. Can we hear me? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so the summer of 1980, so it's like a, the uh, Punk's origin story. And what Witness and uh, Andrew did was they found some pictures of DJ Screw. And then when they found that, uh, who's a photographer, they go, oh, this is interesting. Oh, this is interesting. Oh, this is interesting. <laughs> yeah, it just got yeah, it just got bigger and bigger. Like, cause originally, Michael, I'll let you speak on this, but uh, Michael was the one with the original concept that um, he wanted to do a piece on the photographer that shot DJ Screw. But but let me ask you this: That's how it began from the artwork itself. Yes, that's pretty dope. Yeah, well, you know, I've been kind of like charging my pictures for a while with kind of all sorts of good. Uh, the three years that I've been away from the city has been important for me because. Uh, I had some serious health issues, and uh, so I come back much healthier. I was again also very blessed to uh, spend some time with a friend, uh, uh, Navajo Nation. So kind of like my fourth uh, um, landmarkers mm. on my spiritual journey, adding you know, Christianity, Buddhism, twelve steps, and then uh, Native American spirituality. So uh, in my heart as well, I appreciate what Witness and Michael uh, Andrew have done for celebrating my. My street, uh, my punk music, the hip hop and rap, because I was there at the beginning, you mm-hmm. know. And but I'm not realizing I was just passionate about doing it, and witnessing a lot of stuff. Like you found that stuff that I've been photographing the hip hop scene. I was going from Hester House to Ripley House uh, to another neighborhood wow. center place to photograph in the early '80s before I did that picture, the iconic picture of the uh, the hip hop and the shadows of rice. I, I really need to <coughs> pause here yeah. because this is about yeah. the legacy of art. Yeah. Because it's those shots you took. To, to save that history of our community. Absolutely. And, you know, when people think art doesn't matter, they're crazy. They're wrong because here comes this work that you invested your life in, and it's fueling this other art as well. So that's super cool. Well, thank you. Uh, you want to let Michael tell us what he saw in those yes, pictures that, that, that got him all lit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cuéntanos, yeah, Miguel. What, were you, what, what, what dawned on you at that moment? I mean, I... You know, I was just surfing the web one night and looking at uh, images of DJ Screw. I mean, I'm a, I'm a native Houstonian, so, you know, I have much love for anything that, that's evolved from the city. And I was just curious, you know, who the photographer was behind these images, these iconic <laughs> images of DJ Screw, because there's there's not really much out there where he allowed, you know, a professional photographer into his uh, environment to capture that. And the more research I did, I connected the dots and saw that Ben was 
credited to these photos, and um, I thought it'd just be a really cool short, um, you know, video that we could create to kind of just let Ben share his story, how he um, how he got involved with um, the project with DJ Screw and getting the time to spend with him, and um, so that that kind of was the original idea, and then when I connected the dots with him and and he was on board with kind of just doing a small piece, um, Andrew and I were you know there with Ben to kind of share everything else that he had um, archived in this chess box of just gold and we were both <laughs> blown away and we kind of just looked at each other and we like you know this could be something bigger than just a, a specific uh, subject on the on the screw photos yeah I, re I remember that that exact look we gave each other you know <laughs> when, from the first interview when we talked about the you know the original concept with the DJ screw and uh, that photo shoot when me and Michael walked back to the truck, we just looked at each other and we were like, man, first of all, this guy has a lot to say, you know, because we only had a short interview. I think and that's you. That yeah, guy. <laughs> yeah. So Ben definitely gave us uh, he gave us about an hour and a half of his time and we knew that he had more to say. So I went back and like Michael said, when I went back to his uh, at the time where he was living, he uh, lowers down this trunk of uh, photos. Literally, literally yeah. a trunk. Yeah. <laughs> and it's in the film. So when I went to to film this part i told ben i'm gonna mic you up you know obviously <laughs> i introduced myself again reminding him who i was because this is the second time we're meeting and i told him i said you know i'm gonna mic you up because anything that happens i want it to happen organically i don't want a, something cool to happen and i didn't capture it like through talking so i just mic them up and then from there i'm like open the garage bring me inside <laughs> that's what he does and you'll see that in the film that's wow. one of the first scenes but but I, again yeah. i i gotta put a pause on here uh Okay, today on the show, first poll, we're talking about Control Machete, Gran Silencio. <laughs> yeah, oh. is, I, I, I got a whole set of t-shirts. I got, five, when you spoke of five, well, I do have a... For those who can't see, Ben's wearing a t-shirt right now. Yeah, but it's Subcomandante sub Marcos. A great children's book writer and a great hey, revolutionary. Also, yeah. también. <laughs> so, I promise you, no one in FM radio is using all these names. And now we're talking about hate. We're talking about DJ Screw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now we're talking about you stumbled upon it on the internet, another media platform. Oh, yeah. And that's the photography that you had to be an agent of, you know, energy to get there. So it's this cool mix and then bringing it back to life. You, you're crazy if you do not go to the photo exhibit, uh, which will start at 7 tomorrow. Get the And that's open to the public. That's that's so nice. That's cool. Right um, off the rail, man. Just hop yeah. off, come check it out. Yep. Some adult beverages too, yeah. from what I hear. And then <laughs> and then you can see the film, which you're breaking down so cool. Now obviously you and uh um you and uh Michael have a really good relate tell us a little bit about that friendship and, and working uh collaboration there. Okay. Uh Mike, you wanna uh take this one? Because we met at oh. one of his events. Oh um, yeah, so um yeah, so I mean my background is a DJ and promoter. Um, I had a, a weekly event at the Proletariat there on Richmond and Montrose. It's no longer <laughs> open, but um, <laughs> uh, you know, had a, a weekly weekly night on Thursdays that had a good like five year run, and it was just a good mix of all creative walks of life there in Houston. Uh, you know, judgment free zone, and that's where I met with Andrew, and uh, I was already a fan of his work. He was doing like some video work, um, had know a couple big video shows or magazine shows and um we just we just became friends i, I want to say this was probably around 2004 and uh, we just share a lot of love for just anything coming out of houston so when when i had the idea for the project i was already a fan of his work and i just really wanted to include anybody that i was friends of that's in the creative field of you know design film audio music and this project really we we really went above and beyond to get everybody that, that's involved to be a Houstonian and take it back to the city so love we can it. represent yeah, it's and kind of full circle. see what we have. I so, love it. You know what's really cool, too? Um, of course, you know, we don't just have Latinos on there. We don't check people's papers like, sorry, you're not Latino. <laughs> but you're all Latino. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty you, special. Like, that wasn't actually, planned out. It I'm wasn't planned I'm out. I'm technically like, a half-breed. <laughs> we're not uh, checking papers we're not the culture uh, right, but, like, <laughs> but also like but what's cool is we're in everything like you mentioned the proletariat those are right. fly times 
people didn't really think of it as a rasa event, but yeah. there we were. Yeah. You yeah. know, so that's sure. that's a cool kind of extra icing on the cake as well. Absolutely, yeah, it brings it full circle. You know, like Michael said, we uh, we met through a creative like you know um, I guess group of people, and like me going to being that this was Mike's event and he put that together, I met so many different like I can't even count with two hands how many creatives I've met there and are still friends with. You know, and like I said, it brings it back full circle because now me and Mike came together and now we're bringing those same people and more to an event. That's so cool. So did you imagine that this is what the documentary would look like? I mean, how did it feel to see? Well, see, this is uh, the weird thing. So um, so I, uh, I kind of they started hanging out with me in 2016 and I was starting to have some uh, real health issues. Uh, in hindsight, uh, I was. Um, Working on this documentary, dealing with homelessness, was really you know the music mm-hmm. actually just gave me the juice to go out onto the streets, you know, and so a lot of that what you see is almost like the uh, the first chapter, the, um, but uh, uh, because of my interest in our, that's all the energy that's in that film that you see that it captures so eloquently, I channeled and, and redirected back on onto documentary work, and so when I left in 2017. Uh, I was really kind of a thinking that I was done because uh, uh, I felt what I found I had learned through Native American studies uh, of suffering from a broken heart because a friend of mine that I had been photographing for 30 years thought it had to a happy ending, been white, that he uh, died five months from the day of a surgery. And so what I thought was going to be my happy ending when it just a, an elegant way, well, at least we can afford someone uh, who, to die in dignity. And he was able to so I was able to document that, but the, uh, the crowdfunding fundraiser I had in April uh, f- dissipated, and so everything just kind of fell apart. And so I was packing things up, and you know, like, you want this? You guys can have it. It was there yeah. because I was really kind of preparing, pray for the best, but prepare for the worst. And so I kind of like stepped off. I got, you know, a hundred banker boxes filled with material at the University of Houston Library for the next generation. Uh, yeah, let's really let's chat a little bit about that. Let's talk about the organizations that are actually hosting uh, your archives. Yeah. So, and so uh, like I said, there's about 60 banker boxes filled with material, uh, uh, the the punk and the, the hip hop and rap. And yeah, stuff like that's that. U of H. That's a U of H library collection. But let me and ask you something, yeah. because it sounds like you were ready to check out. I I felt really uh, I was I was ill. I was ill. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. was combination depression and some other kind of uh, physical health problems. Uh, I needed, definitely needed to kind of change away, but my heart and passion is still for the documentary work. And so um, this is my prayer that this is kind of a unique answer to allow a second chance to kind of present. Uh, when you mentioned about five times, I really do feel a certain personal responsibility to speak about the blessing that we can have for the seventh generation. No one's talking about the vision and to to deal with the, the you know, the wicked problem of homelessness now, mm-hmm. you know is to really speak about it in a way of uh, having a vision, what we're going to offer, you know, our great-great-great-great-grandchildren, 150 years, and how are we making decisions based on this? Because we can't, obviously, we can't continue both. This is unsustainable, you know. And if I can add something, too, I think one thing I've always said is only art can save us. This is a great testament to that. I I love that we're talking about this on Election Day because, some people will be happy. Some people will be angry. Some people will be frustrated tomorrow mm-hmm. for different reasons. Right. However, this art <laughs> legacy is a different yeah. ball it's, of wax. Yeah, especially if we uh, begin to lead you know, with a, a, a sense of vision. No one is really adequately talking about you know, the structures. I mean, we have, through, real quick, uh, we have a housing crisis going back to World War One. Mm. you know, uh, Hoovervilles, right? We have a mental health crisis going back to uh, uh, pre-Civil War. Lincoln's Melancholy is an excellent book to study about mm. you know, our long, chronic under-care of our fellow human beings in this country. And, and, the, and the third problem is that we have our prison criminal justice system is just a, is a uh, half-bitter poison of... Our prison system, the judicial system, all three of these things at the core need to be addressed. Well, and I would say that's part of the the ceramic ceiling that we alluded to earlier. That is part of the structural oppression. We got about two minutes left, three minutes left. Gave us a bonus minute. All right. Uh, You mentioned some of the other institutions. Drop some other names that will get people to 
to, to yeah to as realize of right now connected. just to bring awareness we have uh some archives at u of h uh a lot of his pop and punk uh music ventures uh very good uh stuff there and then also the um african-american library gregory school over in fourth ward they host a lot of the african-american photos uh you know hip-hop things like that and then we have the houston Pub- public library which hosts a lot of his earlier work in the Houston Post. Wow. Yeah, so he was an intern for the Houston Post. A year for uh, just for, uh, <laughs> for a year. year. And oh, they wow. have so Shorter. many photos just from that one year. Yeah. It's crazy wow. though, how much they have over there. That's exciting. Well, and, and the lesson is you've made history, hermanos, all three of you, together. Um, although poor Michael gets no word in this. Ah, no way. <laughs> let, let me shout out one more time. Tomorrow, the photo exhibit opens at 7 p.m. It's open to the public. They're at Match, which is 3400 Main Street, followed by the documentary that we've been talking about. And you've made history on so many levels. Michael, we're going to give you kind of the last word, I guess. (laughs) What what would you like to add? Uh, I just want to just shout out the city of Houston. I hope everybody can attend. This is a really special moment. You know, it's it's important to the city of Houston, to, uh, to the history of the city. And Ben really um, deserves his due diligence for for the things that he captured in um, in, in the city of Houston. I love it, and I tell you what. Um, so just so you know, we're making history all around. So our show is archived at the University of Houston Digital Archives. So it'll wind up there. Nice. Um, I'm going to download it. We don't download all the shows at SoundCloud because it takes a lot of time. This I got to download and put <laughs> it up there. So I'll tweet it to you guys. Uh, yes, please. Do tomorrow that. to keep it out there and. Uh, Ben, it's it's wonderful to see you again, man, and uh, it's it's great to see you in great spirits. Yeah, I'm doing well this day of unretirement. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag unretirement. And uh, <coughs> great, great to hang out. Uh, hey, we were at the yep. proletariat at some point, so I'm sure oh, we yeah. bumped into each other. You probably pulled a beer on me, but I let it slide. <laughs> yeah, that's how the people are. There. Everybody's friendly. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Continued success, and we can't wait to, to your successful uh, screening here in Houston. Hey, folks, that wraps it up for today. Shout out to our crew for another great lineup. Hey, this is Tony Diaz, Libre Traficante. Oh, <laughs> this is Q. This is Marlon. <laughs> Rachel, Maria, and let oh. me. <laughs> Stay tuned for election updates tonight. But thank you so much for electing Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having to say to the presidents of your imagination. Stay tuned to KPFT. Thanks. <laughs> Many of you have been longtime listeners and supporters of KPFT. This station asks you to consider establishing a bequest in your will that benefits KPFT. Supporting KPFT with a legacy gift is an easy decision to make. The future growth and excellence of our station depends on our ability to also build a permanent base of support through an active and successful legacy gift program. The next time you meet with your advisors to review your estate or long-term financial plans, please remember you can include KPFT. Ensure your commitment to public broadcasting continues on. With the help of your attorney, a bequest is simple to put in place. If you need help or have questions, call our development director at 713-526-4000. Again, that's 713-526-4000. Please join listeners like you in helping to ensure that the independent voice of KPFT will be preserved for generations to come. Name KPFT as a beneficiary in your will today. This is KPFT Houston. Good evening. This is KPFT Houston. This is Jack Valinsky. I'm the interim general manager here at KPFT. And tonight we're going to be doing live coverage of the Houston election, Harris County election, and cover stuff that's happening statewide by the bond issue and uh, probably talk about some other issues. We don't know exactly how this broadcast is going to go. Uh, but we invited a lot of people to do here to come here and be able to talk to us, hopefully live. Some may be on the phone. But this is election coverage here done by KPFT. Uh, since there's no other radio station doing it, we invite you uh, to stay tuned. We plan to be here.